0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Before You Quit podcast, where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard, and man, does it get hard sometimes. That is why we do what we do on these podcast episodes. My name is Mitch Schultz. I'm your host. I'm also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry. Today, we're going to be discussing a book. Uh, you probably have noticed that a lot of my podcasts are interviewing authors and today I'm sitting down with with, uh, Professor Rich Griffith from Toccoa Falls College. He works in the youth department. Uh, great guy. He's a single dad to uh, to a number of boys and uh, just has a real heart for the youth of our culture. And he's been teaching and researching and thinking a lot about the voices that uh, our children and youth are listening to today. Uh, They're bombarded with different messages and His desire through this book is for them to, uh, through mentoring and through parenting and through uh, the conscious work of the church, uh, to help them listen to the right voice. And I would add here, of course, that that is the voice of the gospel, uh, the voice of Jesus Christ as he has spoken to us through his word. Uh, And he invited two students to sit in on this interview and I just loved getting to know them in fact they had not met each other so it was kind of cool when they walked in and introduced themselves but they d- did such a good job uh Jeremiah Campbell and Joshua Lang both were part of this and I think you'll find that their contribution was as rich uh if not more certainly more than mine but uh, at least equal to uh to Rich's uh contribution to this so let's go ahead and jump into that now All right, I am sitting at the uh, campus of Toccoa Falls College with uh, three guys for uh, a podcast interview. Um, So I've got uh, Joshua, Jeremiah, who are students here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourselves. What do you guys do and where you're from? what you're looking to do. Yeah, Um, so I'm Jeremiah Campbell. I'm from Snowville, Georgia, but uh, as of
1: August of last year, my family has moved to Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Um, And so here I double major as a sports management Bible theology major with a minor in youth ministry. Um, I really want to pour into student-athletes, and I want to do that through coaching or as an athletic director. I love it. Had an amazing opportunity last summer and this fall to be a coach for a couple baseball teams and start working myself into that nice nice that's
0: that's wonderful joshua what about you
2: uh my name is joshua lang i'm a junior uh my major is ministry leadership uh with concentration youth ministry uh and a minor in bible and theology i think for me i don't know what capacity god wants me necessarily but i want to serve uh and just serve youth and just be able to pour into their lives and Mm -hmm. hopefully be able to point them uh to the real like the reason that they're there. Yeah, the I love it. Here, I love I it.
0: Well, that's a Yeah, that's a good segue for what we're talking about. So, Rich yeah. Griffith, you're here. Yeah. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and... I know I've interviewed you a couple times. Yeah, I think three of this would like Probably, probably. The first thing I want to say is these guys are really sharp. I them, love by it. The way. Yeah, they,
3: they wouldn't brag on themselves, but they're really sharp. It's a pleasure having them in class. Yeah. So I'm sorry. What was the
0: question already? Uh, just me. what you do, yeah, and okay. <laughs> and then we'll get we'll get launching into the topic on a book you wrote. Yeah. Uh,
3: so I'm the professor of youth ministry here at Toccoa Falls College. I've been doing that since about 2016. Spent most of my life up call to youth ministry when I was seventeen, mm-hmm. and uh, spent years working with young life, helping them pioneer their middle school ministry. You'd call wildlife appropriately named, mm-hmm. uh, and then just a lot of different churches stuff. And I do a lot of camp speaking. Uh, I actually still part time pastor at church in the thriving metropolis of Lula, Georgia. And uh, so yeah, just a lot of hats. I'm a single dad of three sons that were adopted out of the system, and the Lord puts some crazy things yeah, in my heart.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, you're you're. You're practicing what you're preaching in a very real sense. And uh, you wrote a book, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's called Voices, Helping Our Children and Youth Listen to Wise Counsel. Why did you write the book?
3: Well, I think the vulnerability here is spent so many years uh, discipling other people's kids that when I had my kids, I didn't know how to disciple them. Mm -hmm. I think we've professionalized discipleship. You know, very few parents, even Christian parents, are going to take the time to go online and look for curriculum for their kids. And I think so. I've really been convicted. There's a great organization called d6family.com. Yeah. I'll put a little plug in there for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, they, they really are doing things like, uh, what does it mean to do intergenerational ministry? Uh, as a single dad in particular, i I'll tell you, much you, you're a parent, you know. I mean, it raising kids, especially if you want to raise them in this mm-hmm. culture. Uh, is a very hard challenge. More than more than ever before. Yeah, yeah, and that's part of the reason this book. Our kids have so many voices yeah. competing for their attention. But for me, it was like if I didn't have other positive Christian voices in the life of my kids, and even there for me as a support, I would not have been a really good parent. Mm. I thought it was a great youth pastor until I became a parent, mm. and then I realized I knew Jack diddley <laughs> <laughs> So mm. it just changes your heart, your theology, yeah. and so. When I'm wrestling with this, I'm like, what do parents, grandparents now, right? We talked about Mm -hmm. this, a lot more grandparents reparenting their grandchildren. And what what have I learned from this that God has spoken through me that I think other Christian parents and other Christians in the life of young people need to know? Because, again, discipleship needs to be easier and more relational. In light of all the yeah, different voices yeah. that are competing for our kids' attention, yeah,
0: yeah, it's interesting you mentioned grandparenting. I, mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, our my commitment to my grandkids is not at all because my kids aren't doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Is society is it's, it's such a condition? Yeah. I think it takes more of a partnership between parents and grandparents and even the larger community to to for that voice to be louder. Yeah, and so, to reaffirm what yeah. you're trying to put. Yeah,
3: you know, because culture's gotten loud. Yeah, and I even make this comment: as ever, it was a preacher that was retiring that yeah. made this comment. He said, "You ever notice that the loudest noise comes from the shallow end of the pool?" Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's in the book because I think culture is very shallow. Yeah, we talk about this in our youth culture classes and stuff. It's very shallow, but it has such a strong hold on our young people's yeah. lives, spiritual development. Yeah. It used to be said that parents are the primary developers of their youths, uh, their young people, their children's spiritual formation. I'm not sure that's the case as much anymore. Yeah. I'd love to see more recent research, but culture has a significant sway, particularly with social media and all the things. It's one of the voices I talk about. Yeah. It has a significant sway, and so very much more. While you're saying you need to have mm-hmm. these other positive voices that are reaffirming the gospel, yeah, yeah, And the life of your young people, yeah,
0: a united front with family and and also the church. Yeah. Um, I told you guys I would just randomly sometimes ask you questions. Uh, you've been in this, you know, college Christian environment. So as you as you hear us begin to talk about the voices out there, just reflect a little bit about you know what what's on your mind as you're as you're hearing this. Is I I'm currently
1: in a a little trough in my faith development where I've been easily distracted by the outside voices, so I'm finding it hard myself Mm -hmm. as somebody who wants to pursue that relationship with God to be disciplined in that. So even
0: in a Christian environment, that voice is still loud. It's not... I I think um, for us maybe years back, if you're removed from culture, whether it's a college or... Campground or whatever you're, but it's it, that's less so now, probably because of social media, right?
1: Yeah, and especially with, uh, I know Josh, he plays soccer and I play baseball here, mm-hmm. so
0: and those are huge time commitments, and those okay,
1: those okay. ultimately become very loud voices. Yeah,
0: interesting. Okay, so so yeah, that's expanding that idea of what the voices yeah. are as well. What about you, Josh? What are you? I think any reflections?
2: Yeah, for me, whenever I come, whenever I think
0: about my time here, it's
2: like. God gives us these good things. Mm-hmm. But the issue is, is I think in our just our minds and how we prioritize things, they become the loud voices. Mm-hmm. And so, like, school, while it's a good thing, I can focus too much on school. Like, my relationships, while that's a good thing, I can focus too much on my relationships. Soccer, my commitments, and they influence me in a way that I, I'm not necessarily, I think, fulfilling what God has for my life in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. And those voices can, can kind of drown out. What God's trying to tell me uh, through His Scripture, um, and just through the interactions I have with people in my time here, I think that yeah, yeah. That.
0: yeah, I love that. I mean, you guys bring in a really, I, I think, a perspective we. Uh, i wasn't really thinking about but yeah, yeah. uh yeah well well mitch i do kind of talk about this
3: about some of the voices in our kids lives can be positive or negative, yeah yeah right yeah so like coaches for instance coaches can be a very positive mm-hmm. influence and voice especially if they're godly christian coaches but or they could be negative right yeah what about our kids playing sports that now it's taken up wednesday and sunday and sports mm-hmm. can easily become a god even if you're a christian right so uh, josh has had the the i don't know if it's a privilege or not, but he's been in our youth culture class, and mm-hmm. so a lot of what we read and we study this is where these books come out of and we talked about a couple of different things like Merch of cool and all these other things so if you don't mind me veering off, we can always edit this yeah yeah to, no but... no so so josh when you i mean yes yes <laughs> <laughs> when you were exposed to like merch of cool and the realization of hit hit you of how materialistic how much you're Marketed to, mm-hmm. again, you're a digital native, not a digital immigrant. Yeah. When you started having these epiphanies about these voices in your life, what was what was your thought? How did you respond to those things? What were you thinking, feeling?
2: <laughs> in in my mind, i was like, wow, I'm so suge- I'm like so suggestive as a person. It's like I these voices come in, and then. You look back and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like going through middle school and high school, whenever you're really focused on form yourself as a person, how much you are influenced by the voices around you. Like in my mind, I think about how academically there, there are things that are motivating me. Socially, there are things that are motivating me. I was thinking about religiously, like with my church, with my parents, there's all different types of things coming in. And so, yeah, whenever... Like, we go through these things, and you look back, it's like, man, that's so true. That's so true. Like, the 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 different influences mm-hmm. in your life and how they can pull you in so many different directions. Yeah, And it's just, you feel stretched thin.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And Mitch, one of the things we talk about, and I think we've talked about this on a previous podcast, but how adolescent mm-hmm. development has been stunted and prolonged ages 11 out of 29. mm mm-hmm. And the reason being is because, uh, again, our young people have too many voices. It's, it's actually hindering their adolescent development. So, for instance, a young person, adolescent, uh, they learn to parrot back.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: right? So if your parent teaches you one thing about Christ, that kid is going to parrot back what they think their parent wants yeah, to hear. Yeah. But if the coach is saying something else about spirituality or Christ, the kid learns mm-hmm. to parrot that back yeah. to the coach. Well, the problem is, we're li- and I write about this and illustrate it in the book, we have all these voices that are no longer connected. Mm-hmm. It used to be that all the institutions that were about healthy development of young people were were about the healthy development of a young person, and they were sort of connected, mm-hmm. right? This is why Parks and right, you didn't have games on Wednesday or Sunday, right? Because they knew most right. of right. Well, we're in a post-Christian, very much growing secular culture. So your kids are going to public school. Their teacher's voice, it's important.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: uh so the kid will it back to the teacher. And all these voices are disconnected. Mm-hmm. So this is what causes the cognitive dissonance in the young person. Like, I can say something as a Christian parent, but a teacher may not reflect that and yeah. be more vocal about it. Well, that causes confusion in the young person's mind because they're trying to please the teacher, trying mm-hmm. to please the parent, the youth pastor, whoever. And so, what it does is they're not getting clarity of voices, yeah, yeah. clarity of connected voices. Yeah.
0: Well, when they own it, it's more powerful, and yeah. it's it's probably the benefit of of someone navigating all the voices motivates them, hopefully, to yeah. to know what truth is. Yeah. Uh, let me read something that you sure. wrote and have you reflect on this. Uh, the more we read God's word, the more we listen to the voices of the church, and the more we listen to godly mentors and our youth pastors. And the more we hear from other believers, from other Christian backgrounds, the more we actually hear God speak into our hearts and minds. Uh, it's kind of like Ephesians chapter one. There's no periods there. It's what it's one one very long. <laughs> Sorry, sentence. waiting like Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a compliment. Um, and and then you say it is as if we have trained our souls to know when God is speaking to us. We have to train our souls. Um, where was the moment in your processing all of this uh, that you landed on that conclusion. Talk, talk a little bit about the process of, of your thinking that led to the book. Yeah, I think it's both academically the things I
3: read, but I think, honestly, it comes out of being a parent, too, and recognizing I can't be the only voice in my kid's life mm-hmm. because that's not healthy. And so I do want to navigate them toward mentors, toward church, toward mm-hmm. scripture, all these things that are other voices yeah. that that reaffirm truth and reaffirm the goodness of God, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm that way as a parent, why would God not be that Mm -hmm. one, right? He speaks to us through Scripture. He speaks to us through other people. And I think sometimes we can become so myopic and so tunnel vision with what we think and how we think God has to operate that we miss his voice if we're mm-hmm. not open to the many ways he can reveal himself to us now of course you have to learn to filter those voices through scripture through, mm-hmm. you know you could do the Wesleyan quadrilateral if you want but scripture reason tradition experience whatever mm-hmm. but the point being is god is very creative and i think he wants us to hear those different voices because that's where he speaks mm-hmm. and i think mainly i experienced it both academically so you got the we would call theory, right? The theoretical. Mm -hmm. But then I've experienced it practically as a parent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, and for you guys to chime in on this, that uh, parents, and I've heard this, I've I've seen, seen this in my ministry, that parents will raise their kids. And then they encourage them, like, you know, go out there and find it out yourself. And, you know, even if you have to go to India and experience uh, eastern mysticism or whatever. Um what what have you t- talk to us a little bit about the environment you grew up in and what expectation of your family was and and how that has continued maybe since you've left home. Can can I add yeah. a, cab, cab yeah, a yeah.
3: clarification? What I mean by either other religious or denominational, yeah, yeah. like my best Trinitarian theology actually came from a Greek Orthodox priest. Yeah, yeah. So I mean Bible belief. Sure, sure, yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying go out and do the Eastern message yeah. meditation. Oh, that, that, that
0: was message, a separate thought not gotcha, from what I gotcha. you said. Yeah, because it's something I've heard yeah, yeah. that yeah. you know, let, let, let the kids kind of pursue yeah. things and figure out themselves. We did our job yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then we back off. So so yeah, um, Jeremiah. Uh,
1: well, I think the biggest voices. For me, um, that my parents encouraged were the ones I chose to be the loudest voices. Mm. So when I wanted to prioritize school and athletics, mm-hmm. that's what my parents supported. Um, I didn't come up with what I would consider mm. a strong.
0: I would think it was because background. it was consistent with what they wanted for you as well, right? Once I expressed the want to go
1: further into it, that's when they started pushing me. Okay. Like when I told my mom I want to play high school baseball, mm-hmm. so she said, okay. We're going to push you until you get to high school baseball. And then it was, I want to play in college. And then it was, okay, we'll push you to yeah. college. And same thing with academics. I want to achieve these goals. And so they would push me to these goals. And that's what we would make our priority, that
0: loud voice. and um, Was there concern on their part with what that would do uh, to your, your walk with Christ, your spiritual development? Or was there already a confidence by then, you know, that, uh, hey, Jeremiah's doing good. You know, we feel comfortable with him being... Out there in these environments. Well, I'm actually a, a new Christian. I became mm. a Christian in October of last year. Oh wow! Um, well, wow, thanks for sharing that. Okay, that's yeah. a that that yeah. perspective. Got yeah. A little different perspective there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I went on an I, assumption, I, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I? I had uh, that's wonderful. I did have some godly
1: voices in my life, but it was mm-hmm. never the main. It mm-hmm. wasn't never the central focus. Mm-hmm. Again, with school and athletics, um, very competitive. Academic program, very competitive athletic program. So mm-hmm. that takes a lot of time yeah. in itself. Um, but now, after being at TFC for this uh, recent year, after being uh, saved, yeah. it, it has definitely been interesting to see how hard it is to make that this central yeah. focus, yeah. make Christ that central focus. Yeah. So, with so you you going
0: came on. to faith here at mm-hmm. at TFC. Wow, so. that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. Of that's course. so yeah. encouraging. That says a lot about the school, too, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, uh, well, and even, you know, those voices were
3: not what we consider necessarily. We don't always look at baseball. And go, oh, yeah, not yeah. The yeah, voice, yeah, right? yeah. But God still used it. You're right. right? And that's my point. Yeah. God can use mm-hmm. voices as long as they're in line with what we want to teach Not our competing. Children, right? Exactly. Yeah, There's yeah. nothing wrong with or, playing baseball, being competitive mm-hmm. sports. I think we need that. Yeah. Right? As long as it doesn't become the God. Yeah. But you happen to discover
0: Christ through that, which is awesome. Mm. <laughs> wow your thoughts uh, Joshua
2: yeah so uh, I grew up uh, I became a I think I became a believer yeah when I was five so and I would say Christianity has been a predominant voice like all throughout my life my parents have definitely emphasized like going to church um, being involved in ministry helping out with ministry and that's a really big thing I'd say the other one uh, would be academics. They definitely. I think it was a combination of they saw what I was capable of, and then also their own expecta- their expectations mm-hmm. as well, and so that kind of combined into this very strong voice. So I'd say the two strong voices were definitely everything school, and then everything church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those. I like that. Yeah, yeah, those motivated me a lot in what I did. I would say through okay. my involvement in the church and also my desire to do well, and it comes down to my personality mm-hmm. as well. Um, and just how I view myself and how I want to achieve things, I would
0: say. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Rich, you uh, you talk about, in, in this, you know, one of the podcasts we did was on Gen Z, understanding Gen Z. You yeah. say it's the loneliest yeah. uh, generation. Um, expound a little bit on that relative to this whole discussion about voices Yeah, I think because I guess the more lonely you are the more you're hungry to hear something right yeah or it's actually the multiple
3: negative voices that might, might make you might cause right? loneliness yeah, cause yeah you don't That's know what you're listening for because yeah. again identity formation sorry I didn't bring it up yeah <laughs> it is <Check>. important right <laughs> uh check that one right? there's a the we're playing right bingo <laughs> but, but it's important um but what I think what I see in common here with both Jeremiah and Joshua and we didn't plan this obviously um they had parents who took time to listen to them Mm. right and i think the more we listen to our young people the more we earn the right to be that voice in their life and unfortunately we have uh okay you want to check the other one off Mm -hmm. we have a generation that's been systemically abandoned Mm -hmm. by their voices by their parents by you know all the people again that are supposed to care about them yeah so it can go either way like Jeremiah could have had a baseball coach or Josh could have had a soccer coach that was more interested in winning Mm -hmm. and putting that agenda first Mm -hmm. rather than how am I developing these young men, right? There's a difference. It's where we put our focus. So parents still have a significant place to play, but if they forfeit that voice that voice is going to be filled by some other voice. Yeah,
0: yeah. So You know, I I don't know if you know Costi Hinn. He's Benny Hinn's Mm -hmm. nephew. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys know Benny Hinn. He's a famous TV preacher who rakes in a lot of money for promises (laughs) that God never made. Mm -hmm. Uh, But his nephew was part of that whole movement, and he went to a uh, Mm -hmm. Christian college, and it was his baseball coach Mm -hmm. that was drawn to him, mentored him, mm. and eventually he came to Christ. And now he's yeah. a uh, lead uh, pastor of a church and a movement that's really trying to bring uh, people back to the core of the gospel right. and yeah. uh, the heart of what uh, scripture is all about. Yeah. Um, so you referred to it earlier. I love the analogy in a book about the loudest voices yeah. are in the shallow end. And yeah. you just picture yourself in a pool with... A bunch of little bratty kids, and you want to just you want to get or to adults. the you want to get to the deep end just yeah. to get away from yeah, it. Sure. Uh, uh, think, talk more about what what you have in mind with that.
3: Well, I think for reality is like when we're talking about this, the story you just shared, um, that deeper, quieter voice mm-hmm. should be our parents, our mentors, our pastor, our church. Mm-hmm. Ironically, I don't put God first in that. You, we you would think theologically we put right. God first, right? right. But the problem is, is all our young people hear those other voices before they hear the Mm -hmm. voice of God, Mm -hmm. typically. And that shapes how they hear God, Mm -hmm. right? So I think, well, every time, you know, I used the illustration about Elijah, you know, you can talk about all these things about how does God reveal himself? Well, you know, he wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the wind. He was in that still voice, Mm -hmm. right? Moses, the burning bush, is still voice. And I think this is the point, our parents... Can be the voice, our mentor can be the voice that are the calm, quiet wisdom that we reflect God compared to the noisy competition of the loud voices at the shallow end. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, secular culture is very shallow. I mean, look at, you know, again, one of the things I use about influence is social media, Right. And so I used a filter, right? The filters are time, transparency, and trust, right? Mm-hmm. If you're being a good parent, you're listening to your kid. You're giving them the time, they gift of your time. You hopefully, <coughs> the parent. When we talk about this at lunch, you're transparent. You make mistakes, but you own up to it, right? So if you have somebody or an entity, a mentor, that's giving you time, that is transparent, you can trust them. Now look at the opposite spectrum of that, right? you got social media. I'm mm-hmm. not saying all social media is bad. I'm not saying technology is bad. But what I am saying is... Social media—you guys can attest to this. Does it give you time or does it take your time? It takes it takes a lot.
1: It. Yeah.
3: Is it transparent or not transparent? No. Nope. Then why would we trust it? Right. So that's. Then it. why are
0: you doing it? <laughs> Stop. Yeah. yeah. Feels good, right? Well, Dopamine. I'm going to jump to a question later. Yeah, sorry, you yeah. use the term "liquid modernity" yeah. in relationship to yeah. social media. Talk a little bit about that, and I'd like for you guys to chime in on because you guys are seeing the impact of this a lot more than we are. You yeah. know, I mean, my I, I'm I'm 62. I've got Facebook. Uh, you know, I'll I'll check it every so often. Uh, but you guys have been raised with this. It's what you've known. Uh, so yeah, liquid modernity. Mm-hmm. How does that speak into yeah. the whole voice conversation? nobody asked
3: my opinion about it, but I'd actually like to call it fluid postmodernity uh, instead of liquid. But okay. The only reason I say that is because, think about it, everything in our culture is so fluid, yeah. right? including gender. Yeah, right? yeah. Come on, seriously.
0: The right? book the book, used the word liquid, though, right? It does yeah. use Flu- liquid. Like no, you're fluid. right. I know that. Okay. I saw yeah. the,
3: my point being is, it has been labeled as liquid postmodernity. Mm-hmm. if it were me, and anybody asked my opinion, which they don't. Yeah. But I, I like to think about it. Rich, what my is my your opinion
0: on it? My opinion is, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for asking. Uh,
3: uh, it, it still represents the same but nobody talks about liquid gender, but we do talk about fluid gender, mm-hmm. right? Nobody talks about truth and uh, being more, but truth is fluid, right? Yeah. There's no, Which is an oxymoron, right? Mm-hmm. So it's had an impact on those voices on, so young people are looking for, again, who do I trust? Who's being transparent? Who's spending time? Well, l- liquid post-modernity has thrown everything up in the air. And so again, if you think about having stability and how we develop, Right. If you have stability and consistent voices mm-hmm. in your life, you will develop and mature quicker because you're hearing the same messages. Yeah. You don't get that in liquid post-modernity. Yeah, everything's up in the air. It's you do you. You know, whatever. Uh, yeah, makes yeah you. up in
0: the air and changing. It's up, fluid. And, right. So yeah. how
3: in the world would you ever find stability to yeah. develop and figure out who you are, who your identity is? Yeah.
0: So for you guys, do you fight it or I, I'm curious and. I don't know if you ever, if you guys ever stop and think, you know, where's this heading? You know, look at how much change has happened in five years, ten years. Uh, do you ever think about, you know, fifteen, you know, ten years from now, fifteen years, when you guys in your thirties, forties, fifties, does this have to change? Stop, or do we have to just figure out a way to, to swim th- against it? Uh, for me, the biggest tool that I
1: think we can use to fight that. Uh liquid modernity was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. is finding the things that are consistent, which is a lot harder to do than it wow. sounds. But having uh having finding consistent voices, parents, mentors, grandparents, the church, mm-hmm. hopefully your church because mm-hmm. you know a lot of churches are <laughs> falling into that liquid view today. But a lot a lot of it is finding those consistencies that will help you prepare for the changes mm-hmm. when you have um you have kids, you know. You're teaching them scripture. You have things that says God made man and woman, and then they turn on the TV. It goes to the news, and it's talking about all these issues with gender identity and mm-hmm. uh, sexual identity, and that's just immediately combative to the voices I hear. Wow. It because, yeah. Because again, with the parrot thing, mm-hmm. they they're going to parrot that to people that bring it up, but to you, they're you're not going to know what they're thinking about because they're just going to tell you God made man and woman. Yeah. You know, yeah. but. Um, it's just, it's so difficult finding those consistent voices mm-hmm. to keep mm-hmm. in, but the, I think the biggest thing we could do is just try to be those consistent voices for others. M- Mitch, I told you these couches. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: I love uh, it. We didn't I love them it. At all. This is turning out to be one of my best podcasts. <laughs> I can already tell. Oh well, shoot, I forget to hear, rec- hit record. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh,
3: well, actually, the the funny thing that so you know my kids are adopted, mm-hmm. right? And any social worker, any child development person will tell you that what a child needs to thrive is exactly what you said. Yeah. Consistency, right? Yeah. What can I count on? What's stable? Jesus talks about this, building your house on a rock, not sand, right? Mm-hmm. If I could describe liquid post-modernity in one word, it would be sand, mm-hmm. right? And so you have a good relationship with your parents. You know that's the place you can go back to, to find your your true north, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Good.
0: Josh Josh my Yeah, Josh any profundities to add to this?
2: <laughs> um yeah, I think and it's it's difficult because what's so interesting about social media for me is I'm actually doing the research paper for youth culture on social media and in theory, social media like Gen Z should be the, the most connected generation in theory because of social media. But instead, you see statistics about like depression going up. You see about like mm-hmm. uh, anxiety going up, suicides going up, and I think it's because like, as Jeremiah was saying, there is a lack of genuine in-person relationships that these that the, this generation has that we have, and so I think it takes discernment. I think that's what it comes down to, mm-hmm. and it's hard. It's a hard thing to teach because it's so easy to be swayed. I mean, even for me, it's easy to be swayed. But we need to. I think something that needs to be emphasized. You need to look at your life. And you need to see, okay, who's genuinely caring about me and which voices that are in my life that are genuinely pushing me to be a better person and pushing me towards Christ and which voices are just loud and and obnoxious and pushing me away. And I think that's where it comes down to. It comes down to the discernment of
1: the voices. Okay.
0: So do you guys have mentors? Have you thought about mentors? I mean, particularly for you being a new believer. I'm sure the whole environment here has been, Yeah. you know, you've got lots of people that are coming alongside you. and. Yeah, I have one. Uh, I
1: work at the church. Um, that He's the youth pastor at a church, and uh, he was a former baseball player here. Okay. And so him and I connected really well, and um, he's just been really busy, so it's yeah. kind of been hard to ha- foster that yeah. mentor-mentee relationship, yeah. but... I do know it is a consistent relationship. If I need to call him, I can go there. If I yeah. if I need to just show up at his house, there's no yeah. judgment or I can do that. Yeah, so. I love
0: Joshua. I love what you said. You know, and you reinforcing that that you 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 look for those that you you can trust mm-hmm. and and lean on those. Yeah, because
2: uh, trust is so hard. I feel like trust is so hard to come by nowadays. It's like you have all of these different opinions and all these different things that you see and it's like okay well can i really trust this source like what is the motive behind what they're doing why are they interacting with me like what is the end goal of this relationship and so i think it takes genuine authenticity as Mm -hmm. well in in your relationships and who you communicate with and being like yeah this is my goal i'm gonna be straight up with you about it but Mm -hmm. convincing them this is a goal that you want to strive towards like this is something that you that is good like obviously a relationship with jesus becoming sanctified is an incredible thing it's the Mm -hmm. best thing that we could do Mm -hmm. and it's convincing, I guess, uh, people, yeah.
3: people yeah. of that, which is so important. Yeah. I tell you, this is brilliant, because I want to say something to your listeners, too, because I have approached people before as a youth pastor, and I've said, would you be willing to mentor a, a young person? Mm-hmm. The typical response is, oh, I'm not sure I could be a mentor, right? Mm-hmm. We've even lifted that up to some, like, responsibility, like, oh, i got to be... Re-. No, it's simply... So what reminded me of, uh, Jeremiah, with your mentor... You don't have to get together with a person every day, right, you right. Even if it's once a month. even our another lonely generation is is our seniors, right? Mm-hmm. They're lonely, right? Families are mobile, fractured, whatever. And so, when I'm trying to push the church, and I mean that as the body of mm-hmm. Christ, is stop elevating language that gets yeah. you to the point to give you an excuse not to do it, yeah, right? Uh, and so, mentoring somebody is what if you just wrote a kid a card. Mm-hmm. once a month and you said how are you doing or yeah. you did a phone call or texted them or just said let's go grab a coke
0: yeah yeah, That's yeah it mentoring. doesn't it doesn't have to be a bible study exactly. every time yeah i've been i've had the privilege of mentoring a college student here about once a year you know yeah. someone will call me and say hey someone's looking for mentorship and my dad passed away 2 weeks ago in 93 yeah. and up till about 4 years ago he mentored a college student yeah. from here Every year since 1996, wow. and at his funeral uh, last week, it was amazing how many people stood up or mm. would come to us and and talk about the impact that uh, that he had on their life. So mm. sorry I, for your loss. Yeah, day. yeah. Well, it's been amazing to reflect mm. on the legacy there. Um, I it was a fascinating. You're talking about the amount of resources that churches spend.
3: Yeah.
0: On um, on discipleship or lack. Of, you actually say it's create a lack of discipleship. Sure. Uh, so talk about that, and then how, how can that change? Because I know that's uh, that's something really big on your heart.
3: Yeah, I think if the church would get away from just program-driven mentality, we have made the program the end all. In other words, we're trying to get people to come to our program to fulfill our thing. Mm-hmm. That's not discipleship. Discipleship is how do I invest in a person, right? How do I build a relationship yeah. with someone? And, yeah, the program is a tool but the problem is, we've made. I mean, we made. We've kind of idolized the programs. Right mm-hmm. now, we measure success by numbers. Right, oh, mm-hmm. we got this great program coming. But like the statistics show, 75 percent of young people who grew up in the church, still walk away yeah. from the faith, even though we've had all these programs and these approaches. But they weren't connected to the life of the church and ownership, right? Mm-hmm. They've been entertained and spectator, but <coughs> they haven't really owned their faith. Why? Because mm-hmm. we haven't had enough people saying, let me grab a Coke with you yeah. once a month yeah. and tell me how things doing. Now, you have that voice of wisdom, mm-hmm. right? And then everywhere in between, the parent to the monthly mm-hmm. mentor. And I think that's the problem is we, again, I go back to my struggle. What 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 shaped the book? What shaped the book was the fact is I mentored so many kids, but did I really... Mm. I don't know how to mentor my own kids Mm. and I don't know how many of those kids I mentored in the church with a program are still walking with the Lord yeah so I'm sitting there going, I don't buy a curriculum for my, my sons. Mm-hmm. I talk about you Jesus talk, with yeah. them on the yeah. way to school or mm-hmm. on the way back, and we yeah. do parts of the Bible. Yeah. Deuteronomy we
0: 6, as exactly. they walk, as they lay yeah. in bed, and yeah. Yeah. the Shema, and,
3: Shema passage.
0: What the, yeah. right,
3: and here's the other thing about that is that part is to the parents. Lay mm-hmm. down, get up, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. Yeah. But the community has a responsibility too. Write them on your doorpost yeah. and your doorframe and your gates. Why? Because mm-hmm. you're walking in the community. Here's the point. You're seeing the same voice on the gatepost mm-hmm. that you see on the door and what the parents mm-hmm. are doing in the home. So
0: uh, pastors listening to this, youth pastor listening, is what, what questions do you want them to be asking that will lead to a place that you feel like, yeah, we're getting uh, it? Well, the sad part about
3: this is that the pastors have to get on board, too. Youth pastors can be asking the right questions, but if the church isn't on board with their DNA, mm-hmm. it's not going to go anywhere, and we're just going to keep still losing 75%. But... If I were encouraging youth pastors to ask questions, I would say, honestly, how much ownership of faith and how much ownership of church life do my young people have mm-hmm. in church? If we're doing the obligatory once a year youth service and, oh, look at us, pat ourselves mm-hmm. in the back, look at our youth and our church, but we don't go beyond that, we're doing the wrong things, Right. So, again, relationships. Uh, How am I equipping my young people with relationships beyond me as a youth pastor or a few volunteers? How am I doing that in the life of the church? Am I surrendering? If my kid doesn't want to come to youth group or a kid doesn't want to come to youth group, but they're serving in the nursery Mm -hmm. or they're serving on the worship team, maybe they don't need to come to youth group because they're actually being mentored by somebody. Yeah,
0: I love that. I love that. Uh, Joshua and Jeremiah, who are the students who, I'm trying to think of how to frame this, as, as you look at the peers in, in your environment here, uh, who are the ones who will leave here and continue to do what we're talking about here, will continue to, to hear the right voices? Um, I mean, what, what are you sensing uh, that commitment looks like in this particular context?
1: Um, I, I personally don't think it has to do with commitment you could be committed to hearing the voice of god but if every other voice drowns it out it's gonna be very right. hard to okay find mm. that voice okay so i think it comes down to um comes down more so to willingness to drown out the other voices okay um we and like you can probably test this mm. helping a bunch of churches start their youth program that can become your central focus and yeah. you know while you're helping people set up the pro the programs and stuff to learn about god is you're not focusing on God. You're, you miss right? the gospel
0: you're right? because you're business. busy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. Running a business, that's good. Yeah. running business, essentially.
3: Yeah. And I think what I hear you saying is training yourself to know what are the good voices and know what are the negative voices, right? And if you get that skill mm-hmm. walking beyond, then you know how to find the good voices, right? Which I think is yeah. what the book is talking or about. Or
1: though. even finding a little bit of good in the negative voices as well. Sure. Um, hmm. There's a lot of cases where God takes sin and turns it into something beautiful, and so even just learning to navigate
0: voices. Yeah, a, yeah. No. yeah. I think I think this That's is good work, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, even loneliness and Elijah, he would not have had that experience of hearing God's voice if he wasn't, yeah. you know, in despair yeah. and um, and discernment. You know, one of the, my my thinking on this. You know, what what does a person need to you know assure that when they leave here that. Uh, They'll continue to hear the voices, is, is discernment. You know, yeah. the, everything weighed against the gospel. Everything weighed against the truth of who Jesus is, what He's done for us, who I am. Uh, how, like you said, you know, we mess up. Oftentimes, that's when we hear God the best, you know, because yeah, yeah. that's what repentance is all about. It's receiving yeah. that expression of forgiveness from from Christ. Uh, any anything to add on that? And judgment? I think
2: to build off of what you just said is the only way you can have that discernment and you can measure is if you are if you are grounded in that. Yeah. So I think the when I think in my mind, okay, who are the most successful? Who are the who are the people who are going to leave here and like? Not even make an impact, but be able to live out the calling that uh, TFC and ultimately that God has given them. And I think it comes down to the people who are the most grounded in their faith. It comes down to an ownership of your faith. I think from a, from a young age, like I, there needs to be this emphasis on this is something that like is personal for you. Mm-hmm. This isn't something that your church is giving you. This isn't something that your parents are giving you. Like this is something that is personal for you. And through that, you are then able to test the voices yeah. because you know in the back of your mind, I know what's true. I know what is truth. I know what the Bible says. I know what God wants for my life. I know it's true. And then, because of that, you are then able to accurately test the voices and have discernment. But I think it all comes Spot down. On. To, yeah, Spot on. Spot on. It all comes down to. Um, a strong basis and foundation in who you are in christ
1: i mean even just being open to hearing it unexpectedly um last night i was doing homework and i god was speaking to me through my homework we uh i was doing work on a can't remember you might know but it's the two parables of the ten bridesmaids and the mm-hmm. three servants mm-hmm. is that, what was that the
3: ten bridesmaids some that were prepared and some that weren't or yeah 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 they, for the coming just the the, yeah.
1: the message of being prepared, being disciplined, because you don't know yeah. when Jesus is going to return. And yeah. I've been falling short in my disciplines, and so it was just like a wake-up call. Yeah. Like, hey, you don't know when or what is going to happen.
0: You need to be prepared. Yeah. And yeah. so, It'd be I'll, great if he came back before that exam, though. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't I mean, mind it. <laughs> so, well, I think
3: that's the point of this book, is I'm trying to encourage parents, grandparents, anybody who has a kid in their life that they want them to hear the voices. I think these guys are echoing it is we have to be the model and we have to help our kids learn how to discern those voices. Yeah. Because if we don't do it, they're going to flounder.
0: Yeah. And, and you, you know, there's there's such a gap in generations. Mm-hmm. The the pace of change is so quick for you guys, less so for us. Yeah. And you talk about that you actually there's a term for it, uh uh, Epiphobo... Epipho- 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 A epipho- What is epiphobia? Epipho- <laughs> fear of young people. Yeah,
3: Yeah. well, there's fear of young people and gerontophobia, too, which is not the fear of gerontophobia. Yeah, it's the fear, fear of, of us. People, yeah, right. yeah. And so think about this. This is the point of our churches being so segregated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the way I put it. You And think about how much sense this makes. You only fear what you don't know. Yeah. So if there's young people afraid of older people, well, why is that? We've separated them. They don't know them. If there's a fear from old people to young people, why is that? We've separated them. Yeah. Right. You won't fear what you know. And so aphibophobia is a huge thing in our culture because of the media and how we paint young mm-hmm. people. On the weird, that's that one weird part. And then on the other side, we've idolized youth mm-hmm. and we've silenced the voice of wisdom. And so if there's anything True. I can say, is about putting... Energy, these yeah, guys. Yeah, you guys
0: need to look to us again. Well, right, and we need to look to them. We need respect. <laughs> so, uh, this yeah. commercial brought to you by No, I'm <laughs> but, but that's the
3: thing is like, we should respect our elders. Yeah. And our elders need to appreciate the energy. Yeah. I tell the stories of Miss Harriet, who's, yeah. I'm not going to say her age, but Miss Harriet, who is older, mm-hmm. she's a wiser saint. And my son, who she's been mentoring him since he was, I don't know, 11 or 12 years old. Yeah. He's 15 now. And I don't know if I share the story. I think I share it in the book. I got to share it. It's just worth mm-hmm. it. So he goes to a school and the school is having a sock hop. You even know what a sock hop is, whatever. They dress up like, like the fifties and 50s, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so Miss <laughs> Harriet. And so Jamie says, would you come to the sock hop as my adopted God grandmother? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, right. Well, Miss Harriet not only goes to his sock hop, she takes the time. She develops a whole outfit knits a poodle skirt together, puts mm-hmm. a poodle skirt. together. She was the hit of the party. Wow. But the point being is there is no fear between Miss Harriet and Jane. Yeah, yeah. They wrote the foreword in the book. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And so the point being is this is what I'm talking about. The only way to break down a fever or gerontophobia is stop listening to the liquid post voices and just start getting to be with each other. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's great. Well, we'll wrap it up there, guys. Any Any final thoughts? All right. Any dings that you're Yeah. Heard? Any question? Well, hey, I always end my podcast this way. If roles are reversed mm. and you were interviewing me, what one question would you ask me?
2: Have you seen progress um, mm. towards this idea of intentional relationships across generations? Um, youth starting to see. Uh, and be able to perceive the mm. right voices, like through these interviews and stuff. Have you seen yeah. progress, or is, is this something that? Yeah, I
0: mean, I I could only answer that I guess with what I'm observing, mm. uh, and what I'm personally doing, and that's to I mean, I give my heart and life to my two grandkids right now, because uh, that I I have a voice to share the you know the voice of the gospel that that I I have the privilege. Uh, but yeah, I I do I do I think we're waking up. I think the Again, my my context is pastors and church. I I think people are really getting concerned with this sort of large gap, this Mm -hmm. vacuum that's existing in culture, and you know, we need to be asking, you know, what what do we need to be doing better in relating the gospel to culture around us? So, yeah. Um, One of the
1: things we keep mentioning is the gap between generations, Mm -hmm. and not only that, but the gap between. Youth and youth, and as well as older members. Like a great example, Josh and I, we've been on the same campus for two years now and just now meeting. You know, there, there's yeah. a gap. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a gap even between the yeah. body here. At yeah, you Ticole guys Falls. act like you've mm-hmm. known each other. It, mm-hmm. That's great. That, that's one of the benefits yeah. of tokoa though. Yeah, yeah. Once you meet, it's kind of go. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just even in this Tacoa bubble, you know, mm-hmm. there's still gaps between the people. And so we talked about a Phoebophobia mm-hmm. and gerontophobia gerontophobia and one of the things i've observed is not necessarily a fear of the ages but more of a willingness as us for individuals to self isolate yeah and mm. so in your opinion what are ways that both older and younger mm-hmm. members can pull each other out of that isolation yeah
0: i i think it happens in the moment i love walking through the campus and you know i'll say hey how are you and i think it surprises people sometimes i i think we're not accustomed to mm-hmm. greeting each other and uh so i i love having a little conversations. you know how long have you been here where are you from uh so i think i think that's one way um again mentoring is is huge i'm i'm always I, ma- I made a commitment i don't know 30 years ago lord give me one person a year that i'm that i'm mentoring directly and uh, and it's hard. It gets it's getting harder because the you know it, it it used to be yeah let's meet for lunch have lunch talk and now it's more like I'm a pilot so I love to take people flying and that's a I took Jamie yeah, and yeah. and Rich up. Yeah, I, I had his son take off, though, and he pulled back too early, and the, <laughs> <Scared>. the plane <laughs> bounced, and it was, I was scared. No, that I was should my not prayer line for the day. I was yeah. calling on Jesus but, big time. But you did that intentionally to, yeah. to give Janie and, uh, Jamie an opportunity to get to know someone else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I think that that's how it happens. But this motivates me to really, I think, be more intentional and prayerful, really prayerful.
3: And I forgot. I want to mention this. You guys don't know this, too, but. Mitch actually has a significant voice, too. I don't know if you know this. He's an author. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. You just had a book come out not too long ago. Yeah. How
0: long ago? And About two months ago. Two months
3: ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've done the Hunter Marlowe mm-hmm. series. Yes. Which has been really cool, and at least I understand. Mitch is a great storyteller, if you can probably figure that out. So podcasts are a bit of a storytelling mm-hmm. thing, too. But I want to encourage folks to read your book, too. Don't just read mine. I mean, uh, yeah. we talked about cross-pollinating, but... Um, so yeah, maybe you want to mention something about your last book that came out like two months ago I know people don't yeah. like talking about Well I did, but... I did,
0: I've done two series, first yeah. series was uh, a three set uh, volume novel series about ministry, mm-hmm. the second set uh, mm-hmm. two books, it's about a guy who loses his memory, mm-hmm. lands in a small town, tries to figure out who he is falls in love with a girl it's an allegory, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's meant to depict that we are all trying to figure out who we are, yeah. so it's in a story form that mm-hmm. I'm I'm uh and in the second book he starts to gain his memory but some bad things start happening and the verse that I draw from there is meanwhile we groan longing to be clothed with our, our heavenly de- dwelling uh, or inwardly we're wasting away uh outwardly we're wasting away but inwardly we're 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 growing uh so that that was an allegory for that so yeah I mean you got you guys are uh, the way you articulated yourselves and expressed yourself I I really appreciate it you added a lot to this and Uh, Thanks a lot for doing this, guys. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Before You Quit podcast. If you have any questions or comments about anything that we've talked about on this episode or any other episode, you can email me at Mitch at BeforeYouQuit.us. I really appreciated Rich uh, helping me promote the books that I've written. And uh, you can go to Amazon and just type Mitch A. Schultz. And uh, I've got the, Andre, uh, the uh, Andre Michael Lansing series and also the Hunter Marlowe series, novel series. I've also written a book about our story of um, my uh, son dying of cancer right around the same time as my wife undergoing brain cancer. That book's called Fires of Sorrow. And you can also go... Uh, to Amazon. Look at that. I'll have that information on the website as well. So until next time, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all of that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged.